You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Uh, We're going to jump right in. I, I hope you all got a chance to listen to the sermon from Christmas morning. I think that is so funny that the last two Sundays we've had have fallen on Christmas Day and now the first day of the new year. I think there's significance in that, and it was fun for me to to record that and and, uh, just have that sermon for you guys. Go listen to it. It's available now. Um, But we're going to start with a little bit of review of that. We'll be in Numbers. We'll be in chapter 13, and we'll start in verse 1. We're going to jump around a little bit. If you've heard that sermon already, this will be review, but this is just where we need to start for this morning. Verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out of the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. Which I am giving to the people of Israel. Just listen. We, you guys all know where this story is headed. But pay attention to that, that first thing that the Lord spoke. Go and spy it out, this land which I am giving the people of Israel. Did he list any terms and conditions? Did he say that, well, you're going to have to do this and a little bit of this and maybe in a couple days, maybe I'll... No, he said, I am giving the people of Israel, regardless of what fills it, right? Regardless of the circumstance awaiting them. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone, a chief among them, So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the people of Israel. This is the leadership of the people of Israel going out. Those are, what what do we normally attribute to leadership? They've got the experience, they've got the wisdom, the guidance and direction to lead us in the direction we ought to go. We're, We're meant to go in, right? That's what we think of leadership. Now, that has clearly been lacking. We see that lacking all the time in our, our day and age right now. Um, and there's a lot in that, but let's just let's keep moving on. We'll jump down to verse 17. All that happens in between verse 3 and 17 is a bunch of names that I can't pronounce. Okay, Just know there's people and they're going. Verse 17, Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up into... the Negeb and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. And we'll skip down to verse 25. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruits. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. 
The Amalekites dwell in the land of Negeb. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the Jordan. We, we should know in the Old Testament these people that he just listed that dwell in this one place that the Lord said he's going to give them. These people continually, continuously come against the people of God. These tribes, right? We know of the Canaanites, the Amalekites, uh, the Jebusites, the Amorites. We, we've heard of all of these in different passages of scriptures coming against God. We know them to be enemies of the people of God. And isn't it the nature of God to not only include in His promise of your prosperity, to include everything that would seek to tear you down on a silver platter? Just right there for you, waiting to be destroyed. They saw this as something to be fearful of. And God is like, no, I'm, I'm doing this so we can just one-stop shop. We can just be done. No more enemies. Promised land. Sounds like a great deal, right? But that's not how they take it. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it. For we are well able to overcome it. The faith of Caleb. He was quick to remember all that the Lord had already done. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are of great height. And we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, uh, who come from the Nephilim, and who seemed to ourselves, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. And then verse 1 of chapter 14. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. They forgot the promises spoken over them that fast. In the face of adversity, in the face of a difficult circumstance, they immediately forgot all that the Lord had spoken over them. Like in chapter 13, when he says, go to this land, spy it out, I am giving it to you. The Lord's word was, I will give you this land. And they immediately changed their mind. They forgot this just at the sight of it. They forgot the miraculous and powerful nature of God that they have been witness to. He made a path where there was no path. He made dry ground where there was no dry ground. And He destroyed their enemies. He destroyed the army of the people that they are seeking to return to that they could be slaves again. 
They literally witnessed the destruction of Egypt through plagues, through the Passover, and through the parting of the Red Sea that crushed the armies of Pharaoh. And they are still thinking it would be better for them to no longer trust God who by day led them with a cloud that they would not be burned by the sun and by night led them by a fire to protect them who rained down, will rain down food and provision from heaven. This God who parted a sea to make a path where there was no path to provide dry ground where there was no dry ground and destroy their enemies just by them simply moving forward in obedience to what he said. They didn't have to raise a sword against Egypt, did they? They just had to walk in obedience to God. And like that, they have forgotten. And they are willing to return to that which is familiar. They chose that which was easier. And will that be our testimony? Will we be those who have heard from the Father, who have witnessed His promises over our city, who have witnessed His power put on display on a regular basis? This church, I'm telling you, since its inception, has had insane and wondrous testimony of the miraculous nature of God. And the reaches of this house, this tiny little church, and this tiny group of people goes to all stretches of the earth. I have been to the, to the villages, to the jungles of Africa, and I have seen a church where there was no church that we built through the power and provision of God. This house has established churches and strongholds for the kingdom in places where there was no stronghold for the kingdom. Time and time again, Jose comes to us because he knows we will seek the Father before we seek an answer to his question. We will seek him. We will not look at the circumstances that surround us and then answer Jose and, and what's happening in Mexico. We will seek the Father and we will allow him to lead us and do what only he can do. And time and time again, the Lord multiplies and blesses what this house does. We have seen the miraculous nature of God. We have seen those who were sick become healed. We have seen those dead come back to life. We have seen the miraculous nature of God time and time again in this house. But at the first sight of uncertainty, unfortunately, we as Christians pick back up hopelessness and despair and forget the promises spoken over us. This is not a sundown church thing. This is a people of God thing. This is bigger than us. This is an issue we face in the church in its entirety. How quickly we go back to despair. How quickly we choose to spare. And we forget the promises spoken over us. Will we stand in agreement with him, church, in the year 2023? Will we stand with him and not waver? Will we be immovable and unshakable? Can this be sundown church and the people that fill it? Can we be an unmovable force? Because our eyes are fixed on Jesus. Can that be us? Yes. Amen. The Lord has tremendous things ahead. Amen. Do you believe it? Yes. Do, you believe, do you believe that He has not led us this far to abandon us now? He has not led us this far to say, well, I hope you enjoyed the ride. That's all the blessing you get. That's all the provision I have for you. No, we are made for an ever-increasing glory. So how could He be done with us now when we have not reached the kingdom yet? If you have breath in your lungs, there is still glory for you to see. There is still glory to flow into you and flow from you. In Jesus' name, amen? amen. 
And in this house, I've spoken of it several times, we have a rich, and it is a rich tradition, of at the first of the year, we speak of the revelation and vision of what the Lord is doing and what He intends to do through this house in the year ahead of us. This has got to be one of my favorite traditions in this house. I don't know when it started, but I know Randy, I'm pretty sure it started with Randy, um, and I've loved every second of it. Every, I look forward to every year coming in at the first Sunday at the start of the year and hearing what the Lord had brought in revelation for this house and this community and where we're going. And today will be no different. We have allowed years and years past, we have allowed the Lord at the beginning of the year to speak, speak of his plans, speak of his heart for the year ahead. And last year we spoke, just to remind you, we spoke of him creating this ecosystem Right, We had this, this example of this man that planted a, a, a plant in this jar and he watered it a couple of times and then he sealed it up and he never touched it for 40 years and it flourished into this ecosystem that it was self-sustaining, that was thriving where it should not thrive, that was growing when it should not grow, that was prosperous where it should not be prosperous. In the midst of the desert, it bore fruit. And that is what the Lord said over Sundown, Texas, and what he would lead through this house. He would deposit it in us and then allow us to lead the community into this ecosystem that Sundown, Texas would thrive when it should not thrive. There is nothing in the world that says that Sundown should be a prosperous place. But the Lord said it will prosper. There is nothing out there that says it should grow and it should multiply and people should come and come and come and seek it out. But they have. And they are. I don't know how many conversations I have had with people that got here intentionally. I got here by accident. I was just going to coffee one morning. I didn't know of sundown, but people have sought this out and came here. We have a family from Russia that literally researched, found sundown, and decided that's the place for us. (laughs) Russian family right over there. People are seeking this out, seeking this city out. It is growing when it should not grow, and it will prosper when it should not prosper. The Lord will sustain it. He will build an ecosystem that thrives, not because of what the world is doing, but because of what the kingdom is doing, because the kingdom is established in this city that the kingdom of heaven would rest here and that this city would look more like the kingdom of heaven than it does a city and a state and a country. Amen? And we have seen the beginning of this. And it's been difficult at moments. I know for me personally, it's been difficult because to plant a new garden, everything dead has to be ripped out. And I didn't realize how many things existed in me that were still not of God that he had to rip out. And that's not fun. Who gets excited to go pull weeds? Nobody, right? We just want to plant seeds, walk away, come back in a few weeks and have a garden. I do. That's how I garden. I've not been very good at it thus far. I don't want to go out and pull the weeds. I don't want to rip up the grass that's growing through the barrier that's supposed to keep all that out that never does. I don't want to do it. And so in our own lives, it's the same thing. It's the same process that the Lord has to lead us through. And it's not always comfortable. It's not always comfortable to the world's standard of comfort, but the God of comfort is the one working in us. Right? 
How many of us know you have to be uncomfortable temporarily to find comfort that'll last? Temporary comfort is temporary. But be uncomfortable for a moment will produce a comfort that will last. Amen? And that's what the Lord seeks to do in us because if we are existing fully in Him and His nature and how He has created us to exist within His presence without anything in us that is not of Him, it is a lot easier, that life. It is a lot more comfortable, that life, to not have anything that resists the presence of God in you. I'm telling you, it's a lot easier. It's a lot more comfortable. Everything that has been preventing growth, the Lord has been removing. And that has been hard. All that is not of Him in me has been getting ripped out. That which would prevent me from growing deeper into the presence of God and understanding the deep things of His heart have been ripped out over this last year of 2022. But He is faithful, church, to do exactly what He said He would do. And we have only to be silent and listen for Him. Exodus 14, we've read this before. This is, this is the passage that we studied in such great lengths last year of the Israelites coming to the sea that would be parted for them. But in Exodus 14, verse 13, And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord which will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You have only to be silent. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. The original commandment. Move forward. Move forward. Continuing your, your trek forward. Your, your, your moving away from Egypt. That was the command that the Lord had given them. And he's like, why are you still pleading with me? I've given you everything you need to do. You just need to move forward because the Lord goes before us. Do we know this? Have we thought about this? If the Lord goes before me, what does that mean? He has established provision in my path. I have only to move forward. That when I find myself on the shore and I need a path, the Lord has already gone for me. I have only to step out in faith and that sea will be parted. Because the Lord goes before me and He establishes His presence ahead of me. And He establishes the miraculous and the provision of everything I'll need in every single moment. Move forward. We have heard and now we simply must move forward. And the same will apply today. The Lord has a word for 2023. And the real question is, will we receive it and move forward? Continuing to move forward. Trusting that at every step, in every circumstance, there is provision that has already been established for me in that moment. I have only to continue to move forward. I saw several weeks ago, for 2023, flames, it, it was like a flame of pure gold. I don't know how to articulate that. Just allow your imagination to start shaping that and whatever it looks like. But it was, it was a ball of fire, but it was pure gold. And it was sitting in the center of every house in Sundown, Texas. At the center. And it, there was no doubt it was the presence of God. No doubt that it was the presence of God. It was like a trophy 
on the mantles of people's homes. It was the thing that they established in their home that when you walk in, it was the thing that immediately grabbed your attention. Couldn't ignore it. And it existed in such power in every single home in sundown. The presence of God, this golden flame. Amen? And the key, the word for this morning, the key to establishing this in 2023 is what he said to me uh, when I was in Houston. He just continued to unpack this for me that we must, he must, God must have our attention. He must hold our gaze and he must be our refuge in 2023. That's for you and for me. That truth must be true in us. He must have our attention. He must hold our gaze and he must be our refuge, our strong tower. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So church, do we trust in Him? We live in a society who manufactures different methods of escape in massive quantities. The world can advertise it however they want to advertise it, but so much of what we have today is designed in its nature to cause an escape from reality. Uh, I, I, I came upon this revelation as I was driving through Houston. A dangerous task. And I, I, don't, I, I know for sure I was almost in two accidents. Because of this right here. Scrolling, I mean, right there in their face, scrolling on their phone. And one of them, he was going, and Houston's got these terrifying things, which these massive bridges, hundreds of feet in the air, where you're going 70 miles an hour, merging into... Traffic that's already moving, and, and all these people are not paying attention to you. And it's just, you know, like, good luck. Let's see what happens. That's kind of like the driving philosophy of Houston, Texas. Just close your eyes and hit that gas pedal and see what happens. Um, and I was seeing this, and I was seeing people on their phones, and that was annoying, but it's just a culture. When you have 7 million people in one city, it, you see a lot of these things, but... I was thinking about it, thinking about why are we so addicted to this device, and not just this device, but all kinds of things. You know, uh, right now, something that's big that I'm sure you guys seen is the virtual reality, like gaming stuff. That's, I mean, technology's insane, and it's wonderful. It is really wonderful. But when there's no solid foundation to stand on, these things that are just meant to enhance our lives end up consuming our lives, right? They end up taking control of everything that we are and everything that we have. I just realized that this moment, as I was driving, this moment that I'm currently in, my, my present moment is so oftentimes considered by me more important than the people around me. Because I was driving through this and I'm getting ticked at these people, right? I'm getting, I'm frustrated. I've got kids in the car. I'm angry. But the Lord also said that person is also means the world to somebody else. And I'm guilty of it too. I'm guilty of, of, of fiddling with the radio or, or getting a phone call and reaching and, and doing my phone deal and all that stuff. And in those moments, I was realizing that in these moments... 
that are important to me. They're the most important thing because it's just my current moment. It's right in front of me. And what I have done is I have devalued the lives of those around me. And that's what people were doing to me. It was very humbling because I realized, man, I do this all the time. In my current circumstance, I devalue the world around me because what I'm doing right now is the most important thing. Even though most of the time it's not. It's getting gas. It's buying milk. It's driving to and from places. It's not a big deal. It is not the most important thing and it is definitely not more important than the lives of the people around me. But we, we in this society value our current moment more than anything else. Our current moment is more important than anything else, including the people around me. And it's not just driving. It's in all aspects of life. When we go to work, when we go to the grocery store, we, we, we do these things. And, and I just had this moment of recognition. It was a humbling moment for me, but my Snapchat, my Facebook, my cell phone, the text message, the people calling me, these, and I'm using my phone because that's like the easiest example for me because of, I'm a millennial. Like that's all we know. We've had phones for forever. We, if you said, I need you to function and do everything you do without a phone, I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. I just learned how to write a check a couple years ago. I don't know how to do this. Um, and uh, yeah, my generation, when you say, well, just call them and ask, we're like, what? Why would you do that? When I could text them or send them an email or go online to their website and talk to them online through the virtual computer person that's not a real person that's there to help you that never does? Why would I just do that? I don't want to talk to an actual person. Right? That's my generation. That's, that's my struggle. But these, these things that we, we hold value in and it, they really have no value at all, we must recognize that they do not hold more value than the lives of those around me, including my plans and my goals. They are not more valuable than the lives of those around me. We live in a society that if my plan is this and you're in my way, then you're in my way and I will crush you to get to where I'm going. We have no problem putting people down to achieve the next goal, right? We do this all the time. We do this all the time. My plans, my goals that are rooted in me are not more valuable than the lives of those around me. And oftentimes, all these things, they're just a means to escape. They're just a means to escape. I don't know how many times I've counseled people and through this deliverance ministry that, that Randy has taught all of us and I'm going through this stuff and I'm trying to figure out kind of the odd actions, attitudes, and behaviors that they have. It's like, well, you know, how much time do you spend on Facebook? I don't know, like, I don't five, six hours a day. What? And it's what, we, it's what we fill, it's what a lot of people fill every in-between moment with. Right? If I'm going from here to there, what I'm going to do in between that is Facebook or a phone. Right? We, we do these things all the time. And I don't know what it is in your life, um, but... We do these things and they're all a method. They're all a means of escape. It's a checking out so I don't have to engage with the world around me. So many times when I'm counseling young men who have addictions to pornography, it's not because they're just these lustful, horrible men that just want to watch these things. 
they're having a hard time and society has taught them to cope this way. It's just a means of escape. What is drug addiction? What is alcohol? Any, any of those addictions, what are they? They are a method to escape the world around you. A means of escape because they have nothing to lean on. They don't know Him. So why do we who know Him participate in the same means of escape? What are we escaping from, church? Checking out. We check out all the time so that I don't have to engage the world around me. It's just easier. It's just easier if I can just go in and get out. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to engage with anybody. I just want to get in and get out. And in these moments, I miss the presence of God, how He's gone before me. He's established Himself in these places that the Spirit of God could potentially be established in somebody else's story. But I'm so worried about escaping the current reality and just getting through as fast as possible that I miss these stories, I miss these lives, I miss these encounters. But He has sent us, church. He has sent us to make His appeal to the world. We are the ones meant to bring freedom and we are the ones meant to bring escape from their current bondage that the world finds themselves in. But if we are constantly looking for an escape, how can we ever lead anyone to freedom? You cannot give away what you do not have. We cannot give away what we do not have. And if we are not engaged with the world, if we are not engaged with the world around us, how can I give them anything that God has given me? A lot of times we just think it's just going to happen because God. That's not how He's designed it. If it was just going to happen no matter what, no matter what you do or don't do, then what is the point of you? Why would God say He is making His appeal through us if we serve no purpose? We serve purpose. We are the hands and feet, no one else. And we cannot give away the freedom that the Lord has freely given to us if we are checked out, if we are not engaged with the world around us. Turn with me to Matthew 6. It'll be Matthew 6, verse 22. The I is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money, and it's, this is not specific to money, but that, that thought of you cannot have two masters, and unfortunately we live in a society in the Western civilization where Christians are all trying to have two masters. They're trying to serve God and serve themselves, right? Because we believe this foolish thing that God is not in my best interest. I have never found that to be true. I have never found that to be true. I have often found that when I take the reins, I make a royal mess of things. And when I allow God to do it, have you ever just allowed God to take the reins and all of a sudden you find yourself exactly where you need to be in the moment that you need to be in it? 
and you're just like, how did I get here? I couldn't have done this by myself. Perfectly in a moment where you can speak a word, where you can offer a hug, where you can offer a kindness of some kind, where you can help them out, meet a need, and you just found yourself conveniently there. That's a lot easier than trying to figure out a way to get there, isn't it? If we allow God to do it. We cannot serve two masters. And if our eyes are not on Jesus, our eyes are on that which is not of God. We have to see that. We have this belief in Christian society today that I can have one eye on Jesus and one eye on the things I want. But you cannot ride the fence. You are in one camp or the other, period. Our eyes must be fixed on Jesus. And if our eyes are on Jesus, His light will consume us. Amen? Acts 2, 39 says, Uh-oh. Acts 2, 39, For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. This promise that he has spoken is for you. This gold, this flame of gold, which is the presence of God, and I don't know all that it entails. I just know that if it is found at the center of your home, the center, and what is the center of your home symbolized? The center of your lives. If it is found in that place, there is provision, there is blessing beyond your wildest dreams. But this promise, what we have to see and what we have to understand and what we have to receive this morning, church, is that the Lord will establish this in your homes first. Cannot give away what you do not have. You cannot give away what you will not receive. So if the community of sundown is to receive this, who must do it first? It must be us. So understand that this promise is for you. And if you keep your eyes fixed on Him... This flame will be established, not only in your home, but in every home in our city. And what a beautiful thing that will be. I, that is heaven, is it not? That every home, every building would be filled with the presence of God. The undeniable presence of God would fill every house, would consume every heart, and would fill every corner, every crevice in this city. Is that not the kingdom of heaven? Why do we have to wait to die for that to be seen? We can do it now, can we not? Did Jesus not make a way for us to bring heaven onto earth? He did. He gave us the helper, the perfect resource that will establish and allow us to do these things. But we first, those who dwell with the Spirit, who walk with the Spirit, must receive this promise. So I'm asking you this morning, will you receive the promise that the Lord has spoken over you? That He would establish this flame of gold, this flame of power and of His presence in your homes. That it would consume everyone that dwells in your home, everyone that would enter and everyone that would leave would be consumed by the presence of God and all that that entails. Can we receive that first? Amen. Church, this year, I felt such a pressing over this year that we take charge of the reality that this is our city. It's no one else's. It is mine. 
and it is yours. This is our city. And it is ours to command what will be allowed in this city. That which is not of God, all we have to say will not be allowed in the city any longer, and then we move against it. We don't have to prepare ourselves for a big fight. We just simply say, anything that is not of God will be cast out, and as I come across it, I will bind it and cast it out in Jesus' name. Amen? But we have to take charge. We have to understand the authority that rests upon us, that you have been established for such a time as this, that this city has been given to you. You've not come to it. It has been brought to you. Children of God, do you hear what I'm saying? This city is yours to command. And this city needs us. And He has equipped us because He has gone before us. 2023, has, He has seen every day for every one of us. As he, and He has gone before us. And He has established Himself in every single day. He has established the presence of God in the kingdom of heaven for us in this year. He has equipped us with all we need in abundance. We overflow with everything that we need. And every day there is more. The God with golden streets will provide for you. We have only to receive and move forward. Can we receive and move forward? And not allow circumstances to stop us. And not allow, when we come face to face with these circumstances, that we don't understand how the Lord's going to do what He said He's going to do. To just simply not worry about it. And continue to move forward. It's not ours to understand every single detail of what the Lord is doing. It's not ours to understand. We don't need to and we can't. We can't fathom all that the Lord is doing right now on this earth and in this city. How He's working in the billions and billions of ways that He's moving. We can't fathom it. Our minds couldn't contain it. But He has said what He has said. He has spoken the promises over us and all He needs us to do is move forward. In every moment, move forward. Resting in the assurance and knowing that He has already gone before me. And He has established everything I need in every single day. There is provision for every day that I have yet to live. He has established Himself in it. Amen? Amen. If we can receive and move forward, take charge, recognize that this is our city, this is no one else's, this city belongs to the people of God. And move forward. We will see miraculous and wondrous things in 2023. Amen? We must fix our eyes. He must have our attention. We must fix our gaze upon Him. And then when the difficult moments come, allow Him to be our refuge. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.